Welcome back to another episode. The spooky edition. Yes. My favorite season of the year, honestly. I mean... It's the best. It really is. All the leaves falling, all the pumpkin spice lattes we can drink, sweaters finally come out of the closet. And happy Halloween! Yes, where we can dress up, be someone else for a day. Yeah, not that I am, but yeah. (laughs) I'm bringing shortbread biscuits in the shape of bats and pumpkins to work. We're going to be very spooky today and talk about all things spooky. So we're looking at the spooky books and any recommendations, what's on our TBR, what we've read, how we feel about the spooky vibes, whether it's horror, supernatural, or just things that kind of give us the chills. Let's just jump right into our um, extensive spookiness, shall we? Yes, we shall. We shall. So it's going to be the first spooky book for this episode. I feel like we should do a nod to some of the OG spooks. I was thinking even further back to then, like, kind of like the true... The classic era. Yeah, the birth of Supernatural, the birth of the science fiction, the birth of the gothic. I think we should do that. Okay. I'll let you get cracking. Okay, so, well, as a vampire fiction lover... I think it's only fair to start off with Dracula, which is actually on my TBR. I've not read it yet. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we all know of Dracula, Bram Stoker. But what we thought we'd do is give you a little teaser about each of the books that we're going to be talking about. So when Jonathan Harker visits Transylvania to help Count Dracula with the purchase of a London house, he makes a series of horrific discoveries about his client. Soon afterwards, various bizarre incidents unfold in England. An apparently unmanned ship is wrecked off the coast of Whitby. A young woman discovers strange puncture marks on her neck. And the inmate of a lunatic asylum raves about the master and his imminent arrival. Next up on our OG spooky list is Frankenstein. If you haven't read, you should. It's actually, I liked it when I read it. Uh, I gave it two stars. Oh. Sorry. Did we, talk, I think, did we talk about this one in a different episode? Yeah, if you want to um, hear more about why, um, you can check out the bookish check-in where I ripped apart all the books that I read this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, Frankenstein is by Mary Shelley. Um, and this story is uh, about a... Gifted scientist Victor Frankenstein, who succeeds in giving life to a being of his own creation. However, this is not the perfect specimen he imagines that it will be, but rather a hideous creature who is rejected by Victor and mankind in general. Um, and you get to follow him along in his journey. I liked it when I read in high school, since it was like a mandatory read, and it was like, ooh, let's start this year off reading. Um, and then we like, went into a little bit more like true crime so that was nice but definitely recommend it if you just need something that's a classic and short because it's a short classic it is thankfully so if you need to get one book on your uh, list done go for it literally won't even take a day to read 
unless you were like me and you found it really really difficult and then it took you about four weeks well it didn't it took me about four days and you know how quickly I read short books <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's actually a big surprise <laughs> it was fine moving on to more of a Victorian eerie book I guess mm-hmm. and we're looking at Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier just to sound fancy <laughs> Ancient, beautiful Manderley, between the Rose Garden and the sea, is the county's showpiece. Rebecca made it so. Even a year after her death, Rebecca's influence still rules there. How can Maxim de Winter's shy new bride ever fill her place or escape her vital shadow? A shadow that grows longer and darker as the brief summer fades, until, in a moment of climactic revelations, it threatens to eclipse Manderley and its inhabitants completely. The film with Lily James that was on Netflix a couple of years ago, I think it came out like 2020, was really, really good. Um, so if you like the sound of it, but you're not like a huge Victorian book fan, maybe check out the film. Okay. Yeah. Because I know you're not really into like reading the classics anymore. Yeah. That was so- like, just more like high school mandatory reads <laughs> now i'm just like reading whatever my mood feels yes. like reading but no the film is definitely good because it's i feel like even though rebecca's on my tbr i know quite a lot about it and the film was quite good in conveying like the the uh the eeriness and like the tension that's there that gives it the mm. okay next up is uh, Lord of the Flies. Um, this was another read that I did for school. And I actually enjoyed this one. I think this one was kind of like my first introduction into like classic horror mystery thriller bits, I would say. At the dawn of the next world war, a plane crashes on an uncharted island, stranding a group of schoolboys. At first, with no adult supervision, Their freedom is something to celebrate. This far from civilization, the boys can do anything they want. Anything. They attempt to forge their own society, failing. However, in the face of terror, sin, and evil. And as order collapses, as strange hollows echo in the night, as terror begins its reign, hope of adventure seems as far from reality as the hope of being rescued. I started reading this when I was like 11. No. No, that's a lie. I started reading this when I was about 13, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably same age. Um, like for me as well. Yeah, I, um, it was in the, the, the sixth form section of the library, so I had to get special permission by the librarian to go get it. And then, like, locked away, like, sorry, you can't have this. <laughs> it was in, like, the older section, but I never finished it, and I need to, but yeah. It's um, so good. I was going to say, I have an extra book that I've just kind of thought of while we're in the OGs. Um, Just in the OG spookies, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay, well, this book means a lot to me because I went to see the musical of this for my 18th birthday. Um, But I've not read the book yet. I have a really nice (laughs) copy of it. I have a cloth-bound classic that I got for my 21st birthday. Um, But it's just got one of those kind of, like, creepy vibes, and it's so good, and it's a Victorian sensation gothic mystery novel. Like, so good but it's the woman in white by wilkie collins okay and it's um 
Walter Hartwright, a young art teacher, encounters and gives directions to a mysterious and distressed woman dressed in entirely white, lost in London. He is later informed by a policeman that she has escaped from an asylum. And the last of our OGs is going to be The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Ooh. I've not personally read this one. Um, and I actually didn't even really realize this one was like spooky, but... Reading the synopsis sounds pretty good. Bob Crane, a school teacher, came to Terrytown in the Glen of Sleepy Hollow to ply his trade in educating young minds. He was a gullible and excitable fellow, often so terrified by local stories of ghosts that he would hurry through the woods on his way home, singing to keep from hysterics. Until late one night, he finds that maybe they're not just stories. What is the dark, menacing figure riding behind him on a horse? And what does it have in its hand? And why hasn't schoolteacher Crane ever seen in Sleepy Hollow again? Spooky! Sounds pretty good. So, And Johnny Depp's in the film. Ah. Oh, even better. (laughs) I've not seen it, and I've not read it, but I know he's in the film. Is it the young Johnny Depp? Yeah, it's from the 90s. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, read it and then watch it or just watch it. It's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But it's an OG for spooky season, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, transitioning into the King of Horror, let's head into our Stephen Kings. Yes. You know, this this is kind of bad to say, but I have not read Stephen King, but... I do recommend if anyone needs a horror book. I just, I, I don't know. I've not found myself like going to a Stephen King book yet. I have, I have got it on my TBR shelf and I have got, well, I was a bit sad because I ordered The Shining and then it arrived as The Shining, Misery and Carrie all in one book, which is great because it's three books for one. But then you can't read it like and Goodreads track it properly. Mm-hmm. And it's also a really ugly book. Um, so I have them. It's awful. I'll send you it later. It's just like, ugh. Um, actually, I don't know if I can. I it's just like it. an awkward size. For It's an awkward size. It's an awkward cover. And it's just not nice because I can't track it properly because it's just one fat book. Yeah. But um, it's Carrie the Shining and Misery. And I loved Misery the film. The Shining film was so clever. Um, and then obviously everyone knows Carrie and then it was quite funny it's not supposed to be funny but like do you want a book Trudy? Um, it's great <laughs> I have seen the uh, it film that one was both? really good um, and I don't like spooky movies so... you like me, Trudy? Trudy? it was really good do you want a book Trudy? <laughs> um so do you want to kick it off with it then the book yeah let's kick it off with it take it away all right it's a small city a place as hauntingly familiar as your own hometown only in Derry, the haunting is real there were seven teenagers when they first stumbled upon the whore now they are grown-up men and women who have been gone out into the big world to gain success and happiness but none of them can withstand the force that has drawn them back to Derry to face the nightmare 
without an end and the evil without a name. The name is Pennywise. Pennywise the clown. I swear Penny has like such a big head. <laughs> like <laughs> I you know, you're supposed to find it like really scary, but just gonna say by the looks of it, obviously the book is like over a thousand pages. Um but it looks like it's kind of set in the two different times, which is kind of cool because I like a flashbacky type book. I mean, but if you don't, you should definitely watch the film. The new ones, not the old one. The old one's weird. Oh yeah, no, the new ones. The new ones. Much better. Yeah. And so, moving from clowns to um... <laughs> murder? The Shining. Um... <laughs> from clowns to uh, murder. <laughs> That's going to be our intro. <laughs> That could be in the trailer. Yes. <laughs> Season two, we got chaos moving from clowns to murder. murders. <laughs> okay. Um, so moving on to another King classic, we have The Shining. Jack Torrance's new job at the Overlook Hotel is the perfect chance for a fresh start. As the off-season caretaker at the atmospheric old hotel, He'll have plenty of time to spend reconnecting with his family and working on his writing. But as the harsh winter weather sets in, the idyllic location feels ever more remote and more sinister. And the only one to notice the strange and terrible forces gathering round the Overlook is Danny Torrance, a uniquely gifted five-year-old boy. Have you read this one yet? No. I'm not in there. <laughs> have it in my nice delightful book collection that I don't like um, <laughs> but I've watched the f- I know that sounds horrible because I'm not that type of person usually but I've watched the film and I watched Doctor Sleep and I have Doctor Sleep the book as well mm-hmm. um, part of me wants to rebuy like them so I have them all in nice con- nice editions separately we'll, um, we'll see but my edition of Doctor Sleep has a weird cat on it it's very strange uh, <laughs> hmm yeah, I'll send you it later, along with my other ugly book, if I can find it. Um, anyway. <laughs> I like The Shining. It was interesting, and it's obviously iconic, so. Um, and I'll always remember that Joey puts it in the freezer in Friends. Oh my god, I never noticed that. Yeah, that's why I like it. Like, I just love that episode, because he reads Little Women, but he always puts the shining in the freezer when it gets too scary and then obviously it gets to that part in Little Women with like Beth and he's like you really really and she just Rachel's like do you want to put it in the freezer and then it's just like Little Women sat in the freezer it's great I think I totally missed that episode <gasps> it's such a good episode what season an episode I will see if I can find out uh... you'll have to like I'll have to watch it Maybe it's just like one of those that, like I just don't remember. Uh, season three, thirteen. Season three, episode thirteen, the one where Monica and Richard are just friends. Okay. Joey discovers the joys and heartbreak of Louisa May Alcott's classic novel, 
When he convinces Rachel to read The Shining, he agrees to read Little Women in exchange and quickly falls in love with the characters. It's dead funny because he's like, well, but like Joe's a girl. No. Oh, it's so funny. It's such a good episode. <laughs> I'll do watch that. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Up next for the king is Carrie. The story of misunderstood high school girl Carrie White, her extraordinary telekinetic powers, and her violent uh, rampage of revenge remains one of the most barrier-breaking and shocking novels of all time. It is good. I've actually not seen this one. I've Same seen with it again. Same with The Shining. I haven't seen uh, Carrie or The Shining. I saw... I, I refuse to watch the new... Sh- the new Carrie, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's got Chloe Grace Maltese in, and there's just something about her that I don't like. No idea why. And um, so I watched the original, which is dreadful but also amazing at the same time, because it's like the classic. But the, it was dreadful because obviously it was made in like the seventies. Kind of gives it like that cheesy horror film vibe. Yeah. Like I feel like watch scary things like by myself because like I will be paranoid but they'll like, get to watch when you have like a big group of friends like during the day yeah no I like watching horror films at night my plans um for obviously Halloween evening is to watch Midsummer finally because I've not watched it yet the one with Florence Pugh uh-huh and apparently that's supposed to be really like creepy and mm-hmm. murdery and yeah fish so I'm quite excited We've also got, and I guess it is kind of like a horror, um, it's because it's like a black comedy though, but we've got American Psycho, which is obviously um, back to the murder. <laughs> um, so we've also got American Psycho. So Patrick Bateman is 26 and he works on Wall Street. He is handsome, sophisticated, charming and intelligent. He's also a psychopath. Taking us to head-on collision with America's greatest dream and its worst nightmare, American Psycho is a bleak, bitter black comedy about a world we all recognize but do not wish to confront. All right. This next one I am super excited for since it's been on my TBR for literally ages. And I cannot wait to get to it. Um, but it is the Final Girl Support Group uh, by Grady Hendrix. In horror movies, the final girl is the one who's left standing when the credits roll. The one who fought back, defeated the killer, and avenged her friends. The one who emerges bloodied but victorious. But after the sirens fade and the audience moves on, what happens to her? Lynette Tarkington is a real-life final girl who survived a massacre 22 years ago, and it has defined every day of her life since. And she's not alone. For more than a decade, she's been meeting with five other actual final girls and their therapists in a support group for those who survived the unthinkable. Putting their lives back together, piece by piece, that is until one of the women missing, that is until one of the women misses a meeting and Lynette's worst fears are realized someone knows about the group and is determined to take their lives apart again, piece by piece. But the thing about these final girls is that they have each other now and no matter how bad the odds, how dark the night, how sharp the knife, they will never ever give up i do want to read that one i think it should be really good 
No, I'm very excited about this one because Grady Hendrix, I hear, is a really good writer. I keep picking this book up and then I put it down, then I pick it up and then I put it down. And I don't know how I feel about it because I've still not actually read it um, and it's technically not on my TBR because it always piques my interest, but not enough. But it's the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. That one is also like on my TBR. I want to read like just all of his works. I really want to read. Patricia Campbell has always planned for a big life, but after giving up her career as a nurse to marry an ambitious doctor and become a mother, Patricia's life has never felt smaller. The days are long, her kids are ungrateful, her husband is distant and her to-do list is never really done. The only thing she has to look forward to is her book club, a group of Charleston mothers united united only by their love for true crime and suspenseful fiction. In these meetings, they're more likely to discuss the FBI's recent siege of Waco as much as their ups and downs of marriage and motherhood. But when an artistic and sensitive stranger moves into the neighbourhood, the book club's meetings turn into speculation about the newcomer. Patricia is initially attracted to him. Some local children go missing. She starts to suspect the newcomer is involved. She begins her own investigation, assuming that he, he's a assuming that he's a Jeffrey Dahmer or Ted Bundy. What she uncovers is far more terrifying, and soon she and her book club are the only people standing between the monster they've invited into their homes and their unsuspecting community. See, it sounds good, but then I always put it back down, and I never buy it. Uh, I've done the same. It, the covers are really cute, too. That's what, that's what, I go, ooh, and I go, ooh, book club, vampires, and then I'm like, oh no, but it's about a middle-aged woman, and I put it back down. Next up, uh, The Year of the Witching. I recently just put this one on my TBR. Um, Someone recommended this to me the other day and said it sounded so good and, like, had a lot of comedy in it, or supposedly. In the lands of Bethel, where the prophet's word is law, Emmanuel Moore's very existence is blasphemy. Her mother's union with an outsider of a different race cast her once proud family into disgrace. So Emmanuel does her best to worship the Father, follow holy protocol, and lead a life of submission, devotion, and absolute conformity like all the other women in the settlement. But a mishap lures her into the forbidden dark wood surrounding Bethel, where the first prophet once chased and killed four powerful witches. Their spirits are still lurking there, and they bestow a gift on Emmanuel, the journal of her dead mother who Emmanuel is shocked to learn once sought sanctuary in the woods. Fascinated by the secrets in the diary, Emmanuel finds herself struggling to understand how her mother could have consorted with the witches, but when she begins to learn grim truths about the church and its history, she realizes that the true threat to Bethel is in its own darkness, and she starts to understand that if Bethel is to change, it must begin with her. That sounds kind of cool, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. A pretty that's pretty uh and it's got a great cover Ooh. i mean all of these have wonderful covers like yeah i think that's probably like why i'm so interested in reading most of these since i haven't one that i've had on my tv for ages and i'm pretty sure i bought this maybe a year or maybe two years ago is opium and absinthe by i think it's lydia kang i think um But it kind of relates to our OGs, because it kind of gives a little shout-out to the OG horrors. 
Um, so New York City, 1899. Tilly Pembroke's sister lies dead, her body drained of blood and with two puncture wounds on her neck. Bram Stoker's new novel Dracula has just been published and Tilly's imagination leaps to the impossible. The murderer is a vampire. But it can't be, can it? A ravenous reader and researcher, Tilly has something of an addiction to truth and she won't rest until she unravels the mystery of her sister's death. Unfortunately, Tilly's addicted to more than just the truth. To ease the pain from a recent injury, she's taking more and more laudanum, and some in her immediate circle are happy to keep her well supplied. Tilly can't bring herself to believe vampires exist, with the hysteria surrounding her sister's death, the continued vampiric slayings, and the opium swirling through her body, it becomes increasingly difficult for a girl who relies on facts and figures to know what's real, or whether she can trust those closest to her. Another one of my high anticipation reads in this genre is The Death of Jane Lawrence by Caitlin Starling. Practical, unassuming Jane Shoringfield has done the calculations and decided that the most secure path forward is this, a husband in a marriage of convenience, who will allow her to remain independent and occupied with meaningful work. Her first choice, the dashing but reclusive Dr. Augustine Lawrence, agrees to her proposal with only one condition, that she must never visit Lindridge Hall, his crumbling family manor outside of town. Yet on their wedding night, an accident strands her at his door in a pitch-black rainstorm, and she finds him changed. Gone is the bold, courageous surgeon, in his place is a terrified, paranoid man, one who cannot tell reality from nightmare, and fears Jane is an operation had come to haunt him. By morning, Augustine is his himself again, but Jane knows something is deeply wrong at Lindridge Hall, and with the man she has so hastily bound her safety to. I then kind of took a trip down the YA side of, this used to be on my TBR, but when I moved house, I kind of sold a load of books, so it's not anymore... But it still, it still intrigues me, but because it's so YA, I'm probably not going to read it. But it's Anna Dressed in Blood by Kendall Blake. And the cover's really cool. Um, and it's ghosty. And I like ghosts. Kaz Lowood has inherited an unusual vocation. He kills the dead. So did his father before him, until he was gruesomely murdered by a ghost he sought to kill. Now armed with his father's mysterious and deadly athane, Kaz travels the country with his kitchen witch mother and their spirit-sniffing cat. See, it sounds so YA, it's great. (laughs) They follow legends and local lore, destroy the murderous dead, and keep pesky things like the future and friends at bay. Searching for a ghost that the locals called Anna dressed in blood, Cass expects the usual track, hunt, kill. What he finds instead is a girl entangled in curses and rage, a ghost like he's never faced before. She still wears the dress she wore on the day of her brutal murder in 1958, once white, now stained red and dripping with blood. Since her death, Anna has killed any and every person who has dared to step into the deserted Victorian manor she used to call home, yet she spares Kaz's life. But it sounds really YA. I mean, just a little bit, but I mean, yeah, YA. <laughs> When I when I found it, I was like, oh my god, I found it at a charity shop. It's great. There's a sequel to it as well. Um, I just never got round to it, and it makes me so sad. Yeah, it sounds cool. I like the ghosts. 
what can I say? <laughs> Who doesn't love a ghost? I'm assuming it's going to be a romance as well. Like a ghost human romance. It's just a whole thing. Not like Casper, but like we finally <laughs> explore that. <laughs> Casper the murderous ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. The whole vibe. A Dowry of Blood by S.T. Saved from the brink of death by a mysterious stranger, Constanta is transformed from a medieval peasant into a bride fit for an undying king. But when Dracula draws a cunning aristocrat and a starving artist into his web of passion and deceit, Constanta realizes that her beloved is capable of terrible things. Finding comfort in the arms of her rival consorts, she begins to unravel their husband's dark secrets with the lives of everyone she loves on the line. Constanta will have to choose between her own freedom and her love for her husband. But bonds forged by blood can only be broken by death. See, Dracula's just everywhere. I know. And like, dark romance. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Because I like romance and you gotta include it in the spooky season, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is the book. Um, obviously, the book came first, but if you've not heard of the book, then you may have seen the film, which is um, it's got Amanda Seyfried in, and it's directed by Catherine Hardwick, who did Twilight, and it stars Billy Burke. Um, but it's Red Riding Hood. Valerie's sister was beautiful, kind, and sweet. Now she's dead. Henry, the handsome son of the blacksmith, tries to console Valerie, but her wild heart beats fast for another the outcast woodcutter Peter, who offers Valerie another life far from home. After her sister's violent death, Valerie's world begins to spiral out of control. For generations, the wolf has been kept at bay with a monthly sacrifice, but now no one is safe. When an expert wolf hunter arrives, the villagers learn that the creature lives among them. It could be anyone in town. It soon becomes clear that Valerie is the only one who can hear the voice of the creature. The wolf says she must surrender herself before the blood moon wanes, or everyone she loves will die. And it's a sick film as well. So good. I have not seen it. Really, really good. Mm. It's very Twilight-esque, so you have to be prepared for that. (laughs) It's it's really good. (laughs) Speaking of Twilight, there is a TikTok I saw of someone doing, like, Twilight-inspired Shining Edward foundation <laughs> where they like mix liquid highlighter into their foundation and then did like a highlighter to set the foundation liquid it looked really good and it was definitely given edward collins so <laughs> my oh do i need to try that out <laughs> maybe <laughs> all right up next we have from below by darcy coates who i feel like right now is like taking over like the horror genre I just feel like because she's got so many and like that's all I've seen on like my Goodreads and TikTok when it comes to like horror books that aren't Stephen King. I'm not gonna lie all I can think of is from Below It Devours which is from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) (laughs) And and Buffy. It's the whole, like, theme of, like, the last season is from... Oh, no, sorry. From Beneath You It Devours. Oh, no, I'm wrong. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Oh, never mind. Continue. No light, no air, no escape. Hundreds of feet beneath the ocean's surface, a graveyard waits. 
Years ago, the SS Arcadia vanished without a trace during a routine voyage. Through a strange, garbled emergency message was broadcast, neither the ship nor any of its crew could be found. Sixty years later, its wreck has finally been discovered more than 300 miles from its intended course. A silent graveyard deep beneath the ocean surface, eagerly waiting for the first sign of life. Cove and her dive team have been granted permission to explore the Arcadia's rusting hole. Their purpose is straightforward. Examine the wreck, film everything, and if possible, uncover how and why this supposedly unsinkable ship vanished. But the Arcadia has not yet had its fill of death, and something dark and hungry watches from below. With limited oxygen and the ship slowly closing in around them, Cove and her team will have to fight their way free of the unspeakable horror now desperate to claim them, because once they're trapped beneath the ocean's waves, there's no going back. Oh, it's like the haunted Titanic. Yeah, so Mm. that's what kind of got me. This one Mm -hmm. came out, I want to say, pretty recently, uh, like this summer, I think. Oh, okay. And, like, yeah. Immediately saw it in the store, read the bag of it. I was like, yep, I need to read that. (laughs) So, eventually I'll get to it because it does sound (laughs) really good. But, like, you know, we have a long list of what to read. Oh, we do. And this is just the long list of horror, of not even horror, of spooky books. There's so many. Yeah, like, this is not even, like, scratching the surface of what's on, like, my spooky list. (laughs) Just, like, like, the ones that, like, I really want to get to, like, soon. Well, I did a, I did a inventory of all my books that are on show. So this is my other thing. So I've got loads of books in storage, but I have at least two hundred and fifty books just out. Wow! And at least half of those are on my TBR. <laughs> <laughs> I can say the same. Yeah, and this is what this isn't even like this list. So this is insane. Yeah. But going back to the vampires, obviously. I mean, the fi- why not? The film's got Brad Pitt in it. Like, ugh. Interview with a vampire. OG vamps are great. This is the story of Louis, as told in his own words of his journey through mortal and immortal life. Louis recounts how he became a vampire at the hands of the radiant and sinister Lestat, how he became indoctrinated unwillingly into the vampire way of life. His story ebbs and flows through the streets of New Orleans, defining crucial moments such as his discovery of the exquisite lost young child Claudia, wanting not to hurt but to comfort her with the last breaths of humanity he has inside. Yet he makes Claudia a vampire, trapping her womanly passion, will and intelligence inside the body of a small child. Louis and Claudia form a seemingly unbreakable alliance and even settle down for a while in the opulent French Quarter. Louis remembers Claudia's struggle to understand herself and the hatred they both have for Lestat that sends them halfway across the world to seek others of their kind. Louis and Claudia are desperate to find somewhere they belong, to find others who understand and someone who knows what and why they are. Louis and Claudia travel Europe, eventually coming to Paris and the ragingly successful Theatre des Vampires, a theatre of vampires, pretending to be mortals, pretending to be vampires. Here they meet the magnetic and ethereal Armand, who brings them into a whole society of vampires. But Louis and Claudia find that finding others like themselves provides no easy answers and in fact presents dangers they scarcely imagined. 
obviously we've got the OG there. And then what I discovered this year was Mina and the Undead by Amy McCaw, which is kind of got, um, it's inspired by Dracula. It's inspired by um, Interview with a Vampire. It's got like so much going on. She works in like a haunted horror house. It's great. Um, and it's, it's a young adult horror vampire. It's really, really good. Um, so it's, New Orleans Fang Fest, nineteen ninety five. Oh, and it's said in the nineties. What more could you want? Have <laughs> Mina's having a summer to die for. Seventeen year old Mina from England arrives in New Orleans to visit her strange sister Libby. After growing up in Whitby, the town that inspired Dracula, Mina loves nothing more than a creepy horror movie. She can't wait to explore the city's darkest secrets, vampire tours, seedy bars, spooky cemeteries, disturbing local myths. And it gets even better when Mina lands a part-time job at the horror movie mansion and meets Jared, Libby's gorgeous housemate, co-worker and fellow horror enthusiast. But the perfect summer bliss is broken when exploring the mansion, Mina stumbles upon the body of a girl with puncture marks on her neck, clutching a lock of hair that suspiciously resembles Libby's. Someone is replicating New Orleans' most brutal supernatural killings. Mina must discover the truth and prove her sister's innocence before she becomes the victim of another myth. Mm. And there's now a sequel as well. Um, but I, I recommend if you like kind of like a YA horror, um, it's there. And it's 90s and it's vampires and it's great. And the author is so lovely as well. And I made a playlist. So if you do read it, there's a playlist on Spotify. The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. The secrets lurking in a rundown roadside motel ensnares a young woman just as they did her aunt 35 years before. In this new atmospheric suspense novel from the national best-selling award-winning author of The Broken Girls, Upstate New York, 1982. Every small town like Fell, New York, has a place like the Sundown Motel. Some customers are from out of town, passing through on their way to someplace better. Some are locals, trying to hide their secrets. Viv Delaney works as the night clerk to pay for her move to New York City, but something isn't right at the Sundown. Before long, she's determined to uncover all of the secrets hidden. I read. I started reading these when I was 16. Ugh. If you want to hear me talk about them more, go listen to The Book is Checking, because I finished the series this summer. I think I read at least three of them, and they were just so reminiscent of my teenage years. But it's the Soul Screamers series by Rachel Vincent, and they are banshee books. They are great. There's about six of them, and it's um, with all, uh, my soul to take, my soul to keep, my soul to save, with all my soul. Great. Um, but Soul Screamers series, it's so cringy now reading them but they're so good so if you're a really cringy YA person pick it up she doesn't see dead people she senses when someone near her is about to die and when that happens a force beyond her control compels her to scream bloody murder literally Kaylee just wants to enjoy having caught the attention of the hottest guy in school but a normal date is hard to come by when Nash seems to know more about her need to scream than she does, and when classmates start dropping dead for no apparent reason, only Kaylee knows who'll be next. Kaylee Cavanaugh. So cringe, but so good. And it also goes into like the whole underworld and like the, the other world, um, which is great. 
because then you've got all the demons and the stuff and it's like grr. oh so not just your typical no because it like explores like the whole banshee mythology and then that side of like the supernatural yeah uh, which is really cool and like there's grim reapers and oh, it's so good oh i like that 16 year old me loved it to be fair 22 <laughs> year old me still really liked it but was reading it like oh gosh I mean, I think there's always going to be a time where you're a sucker for, like, just anything, you know? Yeah. We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Taking readers deep into a labyrinth of dark neurosis, We Have Always Lived in the Castle is a delicious, unsettling novel about a perverse, isolated, and possibly murderous family and the struggle that ensues when a cousin arrives at their estate. Mm. Short and spooky. Very, it's very short. I think it's like less than a hundred pages. Um, gorgeous cover. Um, so yeah, if you need something super short, easy to read, read it Definitely. just on today for Halloween. Done, just, just read it. <laughs> so, Tangleweed and Brine by Deirdre Sullivan is very, very creepy because it's different retellings. Um, will warn you it's very very must read trigger warnings because i did not expect it and i felt uncomfortable after some of them and it wasn't what i expected but they're so good um some more than others but yeah um tangled tales of earth salty tales of water bewitched retellings of 13 classic fairy tales with brave and resilient heroines tales of blood and intrigue betrayal and enchantment it really kind of like uproots the original fairy tales and then kind of twists them around and throws in some kind of like death. Um, it's a lot. But um, as long as you read the trigger warnings for them, because it's an anthology, so it's quite a lot. But um, trigger warnings in general and then trigger warnings maybe per story, it depends. But yeah, they're quite good. Um, it was an interesting experience to read. And I think she's brought out a few others as well. It's just short and spooky. No, it's short and creepy. <laughs> uh, this last one is The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. Casey Fletcher, a recently widowed actress trying to escape a streak of bad press, has retreated to the peace and quiet of her family's lake house in Vermont. Armed with a pair of binoculars and several bottles of liquor, she passes the time watching Tom and Catherine Royce, the glamorous couple who lived in the house across the lake they make for good viewing a tech innovator tom is rich and a former model Catherine is gorgeous one day on the lake casey saves Catherine from drowning and the two strike up a budding friendship but the more they get to know each other the longer casey watches it becomes clear that Catherine and tom's marriage is not as perfect and placid as it appears when Catherine suddenly vanishes Casey becomes consumed with finding out what happened to her. In the process, she uncovers eerie, dark truths that turn a tale of voyeurism and suspicion into a story of guilt, obsession, and how looks can be very deceiving. Ooh. Yeah. I like things like that when it's like, yeah, that sounds cool. I saw this one on TikTok, and then I'm just seeing it like everywhere after and i'm like i i just need to pick it up also i hear riley sager is really good at writing mystery thrillers so 
just like the first one to get into his stuff as well. And then just because it's written by a co-host of a podcast, The Butcher and the Wren is from the co-host of the true crime podcast Morbid. And it's the thrilling debut novel told from the dueling perspectives of the notorious serial killer and the medical examiner who's following where his trail of victims lead. Something dark is lurking in the Louisiana Bayou, a methodical killer with a penchant for medical experimentation is hard at work completing his most harrowing crime yet, taunting the authorities who desperately try to catch up. But forensic pathologist Dr. Ren Muller is the best there is, armed with an encyclopedic knowledge of historical crimes and years of experience working in the medical examiner's office, she's never encountered a case she couldn't solve. Until now. Case after case is piling up on Ren's examination table, and soon she is sucked into an all-consuming cat-and-mouse chase with the brutal murderer getting more brazen by the day. An addictive read with straight-from-the-morgue details only an autopsy technician could provide, The Butcher and the Wren promises to ensnare all who enter. That one just sounds so creepy. I love I it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Same. And I think it's call it a wrap on Spooky Season. Yes. I hope everyone had a great Halloween month. Yes. And... and- is going to finish off their reading challenges, anything that there's on their TBRs, because we only have like two months left of this year, and it's so, so crazy. I'm, I'm behind, okay? I'm behind on my reading goal. I'm so embarrassed. I am too. I am too. It's okay. <laughs> but we got this. We got it. Two months left, and we're going to power through these two months and reading all the things that we can possibly read. Yeah, we are. So, um, question that you guys can leave your comments down um, underneath our episode is, what is your favorite spooky read? And if you haven't read anything spooky, what is your most anticipated spooky read uh, that you want to get to as soon as possible? That's a good question. Yeah. Just, you know, more recommendations for our TBR. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, honestly, it's it's always ever-growing. And we like to see what you guys like as well or want to get into. If you take our recommendations, we'll take your recommendations. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Happy Halloween! Yes. Hope you spend your Halloween watching all the spooky movies or reading a spooky book. Enjoy the vibes. Yes. See you guys next time. Bye!